Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 Yesterday I went shopping. Talk is still cheap. True story. A kid at the crag wanted to try to flash a steep, cruxy 12B, which would have been his most impressive flash by far. The hardest moves are right off the ground and ease up considerably after the second bolt, leading to a mostly juggy pump fest to the chains. Standard protocol is to stick clip the second bolt, where blowing the tough clip would certainly be disastrous. I gave the kid, who boulders stronger than I do, beta. Good beta. He climbed through the crux, and the very moment the second bolt was at his waist, he said, Take! Huh? He then proceeded to go bolt to bolt to the top, looking shaky the whole way. After a rest, he tied in under a nearby 13A. Aren't you going to try the 12B again, I asked? Nah. I'd just send it. So I'm going to move on. Huh? True story. A fairly new female climber at the crag wanted to try a pumpy 12B, which is at least a full number above her hardest red point. While the route has no real crux and there's a great rest in the middle, it's a much harder proposition to link it all together than it might seem at first. She went bolt to bolt until she reached a slightly more difficult move just below the rest, which she immediately deemed too reachy though the previous season I watched a nine-year-old warm up on it. After a few half-hearted abortive attempts, she retreated to the ground. Later, I overheard her tell another girl, that 12B isn't that hard, it's just reachy, and that if it weren't for that move, she could have done it. Huh? True story. In every gym in this country, there lurk sickeningly strong climbers who rarely touch real rock but crush seemingly impossible gym routes easily. If asked, and sometimes when they aren't asked, they will tell you that they could climb 514 or V12. It would be easy, actually, if they really wanted to. Huh? Now, it's certainly possible that the kid could have sent the 12B next go. It's feasible that, with time, the girl could find that pumpy 12 to be easy for her. And yes, it's likely that the gym monster could eventually climb those high numbers. The point is, they aren't doing it. They're just talking about it. Talking is easier than doing. Saying you could do it is far easier on the ego than trying and failing. What it isn't, however, is nearly as satisfying. If you only talk and never subject yourself to the humility of failure, will you ever begin to know where your limits lie? I, for one, want to know. I put my goals out there and I try for them. Succeed or fail, I'll never have to feel regret that I didn't give it my all. So, thanks to the doers, the people who get out and get it done. Thanks for the motivation, the inspiration, and for paving the way. Thanks for helping us to see that our own true story doesn't have to be a regretful one. Well, I'm Sarah. I am one half of 
the always together team. Uh, <laughs> which it's true. The name I will not use. Um, <laughs> I live in Cincinnati, been here most of my life, started climbing when I was like 12, pretty, you know, recreationally with um, my uncle and then started getting more into it. My later teens worked at the gym, you know, kind of typical Midwestern gym kid things. Um, got super into it after high school. That's when I met Taylor. And then shortly after that, got roped into assisting Chris in coaching Taylor and getting him to actually do things. <laughs> and inadvertently, you know, became part of the crew. And then the the kind of three musketeers we were for several years, kind of romping through the red and going out west a few times together. And now me and Taylor are married. I'm stuck with him forever. And uh, we're back here in Cincinnati. We have a little house in the woods. And um, I'm a new nurse. I just started nursing about a year ago. Yeah, congrats so, on that, by the way. Yeah, TBD on how I feel about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so kind of figuring that out and trying to get back to uh, climbing being a, more of a priority in my life since for mm -hmm. a while it kind of couldn't be. And then like Rona happened. So, you know, can we yeah. say that? Is that like a thing that gets media yeah. down if you, you can, you can say it? that. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of the powers that be. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Condensed version. Yeah. Taylor, who are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, the other half. Uh, <laughs> since you now know all of Sarah's life story, um, I'm Taylor Frommiller. Um I'm just a climber from the Midwest. I've been climbing for, I think, the last 15 years. Started out when I was uh, around 15 on the, on the climbing team, climbed on the team, competed, did that whole thing. Ended up working at the gym while I was in school, uh, coached the team, worked at the gym, did that whole thing, traveled a lot for climbing. And I mean, we've, we've been after it ever since. We've, Sarah and I met, I think, uh, I guess literally on my 18th birthday and it's a story for another time. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've been climbing together and then together and then married and continue doing our thing. Yeah. And you know, you, you two both had a pretty drastically different kind of entrance into climbing than I did, but I think your entrance into climbing is probably, more people share it nowadays. You know, a lot of yeah. climbers coming up now either get introduced to the gym by friends or parents or whatever, or they, you know, are part of the climbing team and then they're working at the gym while they're in high school. And, you know, that seems to be a pretty common story nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, I just think you get it. Uh, it's rare or less common for people to like continue it through college and stuff. A lot of, a lot of people either pick it up in college or start on a team and then drop off and then unfortunately don't pick it back up kind of thing. So yeah. I think and, a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I think a lot of 
kids certainly now I feel like climbing in a gym nowadays is like a different sport in and of itself like it's like climbing outside is one thing and climbing in a gym is another thing and like often there are kids who started on the team now who like don't climb outside and that's not their main focus and definitely Taylor when he was on the team was much more he was kind of like the standout of the team well in a way of of kids that like really wanted to climb outside and yeah competing was kind of a byproduct of that mm-hmm. and you know something that I think really relates to this particular essay the yesterday I went shopping but talk is and talk is still cheap is that when I first met Taylor you know he was one of the one of the strong kids in the gym and could obviously outclimb the vast majority of the people in the gym who were climbing outside a lot mm-hmm. but whether it was for you know, lack of people taking you outside, Taylor, or whether it was, you know, just, you know, like I witnessed when I first went outside with you guys that you spent <laughs> most of the day cuddling, um, you know, Young whatever luck, it was, <laughs> there was something that was kind of like, oh, this kid isn't anywhere near climbing as hard as he could outside. And something that I saw a lot of team kids do, and I never necessarily saw you do, was this whole talk thing where they were like, oh, well, I could do that. That's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. Even though they aren't doing it. Definitely. Uh, I think I started on a team with a bunch of people that just didn't take outside climbing that seriously or and i've thought about this actually a lot of now that like you know climbing 514 is kind of a norm for a lot of people which is crazy because when mm-hmm. i started climbing the hardest thing in the gym was 13a and like right. that was a huge deal like mm-hmm. i remember what tony fry would he and like maybe one other person could climb like a 13a and had done 13a outside and like yeah doing 12a back then was like groundbreaking in in our little community in our Cincinnati and especially going climbing with you and the other mentors I've had in my climbing career just kind of were just like if you go outside and you know why can you not climb harder or do something that challenges you that is you know sounds absurd in the gym but no there's tons of things to rock climb outside on yeah. And I think it's just so easy to get caught up in the the talking of it like, oh, well, I climb harder than this person in the gym. That person just did 13A. So certainly I can do 13A. You know, I can probably climb 13B. Yeah. yeah. And it's really easy to get trapped in that space when there's, you know, there's so much that goes into actually getting out there getting on the thing you want to get on, putting in the work on it to actually do it. It's a lot more than just I'm strong enough. Well, I think that's where a lot of people get their, their feelings hurt <laughs> when, you know, you, you, and that's why I think people kind of obsess about grades in the gym way more than they should because it, 
there is so much more that goes into climbing outside. And this, I mean, a little bit kind of carries over into the the topic that I'm more focusing on, but, you know, trying hard to like send a boulder or or a route in the gym or, and then going outside and try like trying hard physically on the climb is only part of the equation. And like, you have to have your ducks in a row a lot more to like send a rock climb, no matter the grade outside. So sure you can, you know, climb circles around somebody in the gym, but if you don't have good tactics or you spend your day at the crag sitting around cuddling your girlfriend, like (laughs) it doesn't mean shit. And then you come home and you know, you haven't done anything, even though you feel like you should be able to. And then it kind of starts this like negative cycle of, oh, I just need to be stronger. Oh, like I should have been able to do that. I could totally do that or, or some other excuse for why it didn't happen when really it's just that you, you expected it to just happen, you know? And I think we've all been there in, in one way or in the other, just like, oh, I know my skills, I should just be able to do this. And then having to find, you know, justification for why you didn't. Yeah, it's easy to overlook all of those kind of extraneous factors that go into actually climbing well outside, you know, especially when like you two, you live two and a half, three hours away from the crag. You know, it's a big life commitment to getting down there enough to actually climb things that are really hard for you. It definitely. So, and I think, and like, we've made a huge effort to do that. Like I honestly, I think in my bag of tricks, I think I'm better at the outside the box things than I am better at the rock climbing thing. Like, obviously that's a big part of it, but like there's some kids and there's guys that climb around and I'm just like envious of them. Like, Oh my God, if I could do, if I could be as strong as him, I'd climb everything. Right. And I think it's just, I'm a bit of a relentless person when I get obsessed with things. And like, Mm -hmm. that is what has taken me as far as I've gone is just like, I'm like, I'm going to do this rock climb. And I, I don't know if I can, but I'm going to, and I just get obsessed with it. And I've walked away, you know, I learned a lot of hard lessons and walked away that empty handed, but the relentlessness of, you know, I, I'll go to the same crag and sit under the same rock for an entire season. And Sarah will be like, I didn't get to rock climb at all because we went to drive by every day. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you weren't always that way, though. No, and I, no, I'm, no. I'm glad that you're starting to understand the way I felt all those years ago. Like, yeah, this kid is so fucking strong there's no reason I should be climbing harder than him outside. And if I had his finger strength, I would be, I'd climb fucking anything, you know, (laughs) that's, that's That's how it felt. Yeah. So I think it's cool that you've grown into that place. And, and I actually, you know, one of the things that I thought about when I was writing this essay originally, that really irks me, it really bothers me when people make these statements about, oh, I could do that. That's no big deal. Is that, you know, the three of us would spend so much time planning our seasons out, planning our days out, you know, getting up at 5 a.m. to start driving. Um, There was so much work went into the logistics of it that when somebody else is like, 
oh, well, I climb harder than that person in the gym, so I could do that. It it diminishes all this work that the other people are putting in. Definitely. And I think that's a big part of that, too. Like, when when people kind of have that like bravado almost of like, Oh, well I could do that. Or even if it's just internal to themselves, it's like, you're kind of like cutting the process short. You're like selling the the whole process short. Like when I tell people about like what our Tuesdays were for years, you know, every Tuesday, you know, we scheduled our whole life around those Tuesdays. You know, I was in college and I refused to schedule a class on a Tuesday or a Thursday because that was our climbing day. Is and that's why you had to go back to school. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm like, yeah, we would leave at 5 or 5.15 and we'd get home at 11 or midnight and then yeah. go do, and that we, it was just what we did. And we were always the first people at the crag and we were always the last people at the crag. And Every I'll have day. to admit, in our older age, we uh, don't get up and <laughs> leave at 5 anymore. But Oh, yeah, hell no. You do the other things to make it easier. Like you make your sleeping arrangements since we do live further away, you know, you make your sleeping arrangements better and you buy the right vehicles to get where you want to go. And you know, all, all those kinds of things, pack your food the night before. So you're not rushing around in the morning. And that's all part of that process of being successful. So you don't roll up to the crag at noon and then you're pissed because your route's in the sun and there's a line. Well, I could have sent that route today, but there was a bunch of people there and it was in the sun. Yeah, well, you could have sent the route if you got there on time, warmed up properly, you know, got on the rock climb when it was in the better conditions. But, you know, like you're the only one you have to blame for your perceived lack of success. Yeah. And that is definitely something that was <clears throat> drilled forcefully into our heads from you. <laughs> and now we pass it along to the masses. So good, good. I'm I'm glad that you are passing it along. Um, they want to hear it or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I was doing. I was just I was giving it to everybody whether they wanted it or not. In fact, all of the all of the examples in this essay are real people from Rockwest. Oh, oh. I know. I get <laughs> oh my god. And I'm like, yep. I think uh-huh. I like heard somebody's feelings the other day because they were like, I can't reach that. And I'm like. Bullshit, Lynn Hill's like five one. I don't hear that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny, you know, but I talked to Yasmin this morning about a couple of the essays and you know, it reminded me that so many of these were written at a time when we were all climbing in Rock Quest all the time. We were all yeah. going to the red all the time. And and I was just writing these essays about things that I was witnessing in the gym or hearing around the gym or at the red. So almost all of them are written about actual people who shall not be named at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest, uh, or at least a very distinct moment I can remember in my climbing career is like when you basically took Justin around the red for a season, like he, Mm -hmm. he basically was like, you know how he is. He, he's like, I don't really care that much. And you were like, okay, we're going here every, every, day yeah. then and like, yeah he had the best season probably to this date that he has ever had yeah i yeah. think so and and i was like oh that stuff i makes, should listen to him i was like oh that stuff makes uh that uh gets you to send routes really quickly actually <laughs> yeah taylor i don't know if you remember this or not this oh, is boy. i tell this story in a lot of my 
uh, workshops and talks that I do. And it doesn't really relate necessarily to this chapter, but it's such a good story. I can't not tell it here. Uh oh. <laughs> um, do you remember when you sent Snooker? He tells that story all the time, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, just for the people listening, uh, I don't, it, it was one of your early 13 A's. It wasn't your first by any means, but relatively early. Is that right? Yeah. Like, first 10 or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I think you had fallen up near the, you know, in that last head wall, a time or two or something. And at the time you had this habit of not wanting to try hard, which is what we're going to talk to mostly with Sarah here in just a minute. But um, you had this habit of saying, take when, when you thought you might fall. And I was like, that's not going to fucking happen today. (laughs) And you were on snooker. You left the rest. And I couldn't really see you above that bulge very well. And I I hadn't been on the route in a long time. I couldn't remember exactly where the chains were. And you're climbing and it seems really casual. And I'm like, oh, well, he's not to that upper hard part yet, you know. And you're like, take. And I'm like, fuck no. I'm not fucking take you keep fucking rock climbing and I'm yelling at you and the whole crag, the whole cave there is like stopped and looking at me. (laughs) And finally you're like, you, you keep climbing and you're like, I'm above the chains now. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, Oh, I see. (laughs) Yeah. Taylor tells people that story a lot too. (laughs) Yeah. I tell it taking on a bolt. (laughs) I tell it in my talks when I'm when I'm talking about trust, because I think that's something you have to have to build in people. And for some reason, you trusted me enough to keep climbing, even though you'd already clipped the damn anchors <laughs> and we're done with the route. So <laughs> I think uh, that was a great day. Uh, another moment, just particularly on that wall that I I it was very like probably one of my like most proudest, you know, climbing stories, I guess, is like I was trying Thamtopsis on that wall mm-hmm. like, years later. Like speaking I was of thinking Trump, about this earlier. Years <laughs> later. And uh I think I think Kyle Fisher rebolted the anchors or something lower because the rope runs up over a bulge or something. And I had tried the route and I had left a quick draw on that anchor that earlier that day and like just wasn't feeling it. So I like was going, I went up it and cleaned the anchor and came down and, and Sarah was like, just, you look good. Just try it one more time. And I'm like, all right. So I basically sent the route, got to that hold and couldn't pull rope up because it was like up over a ball, a ball, my draw wasn't on it. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, shit. I'll just grab, like, it's a, there's a ledge up there. So you, like, mantle the ledge to the old anchors. And I'm like, well, all the other guys that came before me did it the old way. I obviously, I just keep going and I'll just clip when I'm standing. Well, as I'm mantling on the hardest route I've ever climbed, I, my foot popped and I, with my waist at the new anchors. Yeah. And the whole mother load goes quiet. And it's like, <laughs> packed October day, I think, or November or something like. There, 
there must have been 50 people that just went dead quiet. And I'm like, then, you know, I come down and everybody's like, oh, you did it. Like, good job. I'm like, yeah, but did I? Like, yeah, like kind of kind of like I, I got to where the new anchors were. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, I, but Sarah's like, what do you want to like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. So we packed up and we, I think we drove and met you over at solar that day. Yep, you, you Edwin, did. You and Edwin were sitting there and I was all mopey and kind of excited, but I kind of mopey and drank beer. And basically he was trying to, to get you to tell him that he did it. Yeah. I was like, I <laughs> yep. was like went looking for guidance and I'm like, and you both were like, well, you know, you know, and our, you know, doesn't count until it counts. And I'm like, that's how Nate and Edwin said it. Chris was like, you didn't do that fucking route. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so they're like, doesn't count until it counts. So I'm like, fine, I'll go try again. So I like four wheel back to a creek, go back, hike up. And there's like nobody there now. And the, except for um, a couple of people and this little kid was there. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it a Hail Mary. And did sent the route then. And those little kids cheer me on and crushed the route. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't count until you do it. It's as much as you want to say, oh, I felt the anchors. Did you do it? Man, not until you do it. Yeah. And, you know, you would have felt like you would have always had that asterisk on it. Always. Talking about it and to be able to just say, yeah, I did it. And not to have to qualify it. You had to go back and. Definitely. And that one, there's, you know, there's no place to hide on that route. There's like, there's no knee bars. There's no rock stacks. There's no, it's just good, pure, hard rock climbing. And it's a huge challenge. And if you don't climb up to 10 acres, it doesn't count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat about this. It's, it's been really, you know, I've thought a lot about those years sport climbing because I focused mostly on bouldering since then. And, and I haven't found another like, um, I mean, it was, it was more than just a partnership with you two for that time. It was, you know, there was just this momentum that we had that's so hard to capture in, in any other situation. And that those were definitely special years for me. So, Oh, same here. Yeah. We had a blast. We still do. We meet up once or believe in anymore. Yeah. Well, hopefully I get to see you guys this summer. So, or maybe sooner. Tomorrow, don't squash the banana. Commitment. We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This
Resistance.